0: And shit, folks. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of your favorite travel podcast, Travel and Shit, where your host, D Carrie, have an experiential conversation about nuanced ways that travel intersects with regular life. So, good people, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Whether this be your first episode or um you've been rocking with the kid for <laughs> All of the five years that we've been here, I am so proud of five years. I hope that I have mentioned how proud I am of five years at the top of every of these episodes. Um, and here we are, just you know, so very grateful to be this far because quiet as it's kept, I struggle with consistency, but this is one thing that I've always been consistent about. Um, because it is a labor of love, and I just want to express my sincerest gratitude for me. Thank you to me, because I don't even think I've said thank you to myself in a while. So thank you, D, for um, keeping up with the good fight, for pushing through after um, disappointments, after confusion, after not being sure, all of that jazz. Um, I'm just so very proud to be consistent with something that means so very much to me. So I am grateful and thankful for that, because this fall energy is also a season of gratitude Um For me, at least, and so I am grateful. And another thing I am grateful for is having such incredible people to join me along the ride. And uh, if you watch on the YouTubes, like I suggest, whenever I have a guest, you can see our beautiful faces. And so, to the beautiful face that is joining me, who I am so grateful to have with me here today, (laughs) please introduce yourself, my guest.
1: Peace and blessings. I feel like I I, uh, put my intent to use right now with Hello, all of the Yes. I'm Rachel Fortune. I am hailing from Chicago, Illinois. Uh, but I am very much a, I'm a world-traveling mama-jama since, what, 1995, 96? Um, and I am very happy to be here. I'm here to talk about all of the blessings travel can offer you. I am on my way to a great trip that I'm going to love to tell you about. And I'm also interested in talking about more than just traveling physically, but maybe a little more metaphysically as well.
0: Come on with the woo-woo. I love a big <laughs> woo-woo conversation. Yes, yes. All right, so let's start with the uh, the first thing you mentioned. Um, you are going on a trip soon. So I know that you had mentioned to me that you are going for homecoming. So I am. I am. regrettably so. Baby me, this is going to sound wild. Baby me wasn't as Black as I am today. So for those of you that get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. I, um, Everyone comes into themselves different seasons, different ways, with different assistance. Um, so I have learned to not be as judgmental okay. to people along the journey, because we all journey in different places, different ways with different luggage, if you will. Yeah. Um, but that is one of the things that I i don't know if I can say I regret it, but that's one thing that I have um, a little bit of reservation surrounding is my college decision. I mm-hmm. wish that I had gone to an HBCU. Now, I also... Can say that I am certain my life would have been so different had I gone to an HBCU. And I've got to say that I'd be pissed about a lot of shit, but low key, (laughs) no, not even low key, high key, I high key love my life. So it's like, on the one hand, it's like, damn, what the fuck of an experience that would have been, right? But then on the other hand, I'm good with how. I, I'm I'm good with being where I am right now. So I can't rewind and I can't say that I would rewind the the hands of time and time travel to change my decision, but What was your decision process for you? Is that, did you go to an HBCU or did you, or do you just go to homecomings? Like what was your (laughs) college experience like? How did you make your college decision? What was that journey like from college you to Rachel that sits before me today, getting ready to go Mm. to this homecoming?
1: Oh, the natural tears just just swell.
0: Oh, Ooh. I'm sorry.
1: Okay, no, it's okay. I, I I felt your energy, and I was like, mm. I had a lot of choices um, because I was such a nerd in co- in high school. Um, not, and that's a good thing, you know. Um, not even just high school; my whole life. So when I got to the year that I was supposed to make the decision, which was senior year, even though. I decided I chose the school's junior year. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say I applied to like 10 schools, including some Ivies And I got into like six out of 10, maybe seven out of 10, six mm-hmm. out of nine, something like that. Um, one of the schools I got into was the number one um, HBCU in the country for 11 years straight um, in college. And when i visited Spelman my senior year after actually i was visiting my home girl who went to clark atlanta university which is also in the atlanta university center i went and visited her in her dorm and i stayed over they had like this i was 17 okay and they had just a regular 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 party and i was like in there dancing for four hours you know, and I was
2: having like, a good oh, black ass time.
0: Right. College right. is right. fun. saw me, I, up. Think
2: it, I think it
1: started at like six o'clock in the afternoon into the 10, something like early, you know, Oof. and I was in there dancing the whole time, like whole time. So then, then before I left, I said, I have to go check out Spelman. I'm just thinking I had been on all these college tours and, you know, visited these campuses, spent the night. I had, I had decided I wanted to go to an all women's college. I believe, unless I got into, you know, okay. and the, unless I got into, ended up not panning out Harvard and Princeton, but Harvard, I got an interview. I just didn't follow through with my supplementary stuff they asked for and they denied me. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I went to Spelman's campus, when I stepped foot on the campus, and mind you, I knew, I had a desire to go to Spelman since I was about eight or nine years old. Oh, wow. And um, because I knew somebody who went there and I like looked up to her and then she was be, like got next. into, yeah, and then she got into Harvard Medical and I was looking up to her then and, you know, I was like, oh, she's like a big sister. I want to be just like mm-hmm. her. But then also those are the years of like a different world and, yep. you know, coffee show. And so Hillman was a thing. I got on that campus and I just, it was just the energy the women I saw walking around going to campus, I felt like I found my place. Mm. I was like, this is where I belong. I am a Spelman woman. Let me move forward with this and see what happens next. And I did that. And um, there were times when I don't, I will say I didn't have a traditional college experience because I actually only spent, Two and a half years on the actual campus of Spelman okay. College while I was in undergrad. So the way I finished that was, <laughs> first of all, the first two years were hard. They were super hard. I was ready to quit. I was going to join the military. Really? Something had to give. I was like 13. I was from home. I'm from the D.C. area. Okay. That's and was nobody ask, was coming to seems, visit like... me. I was I was over it, and okay. I was like something's got to give. But then at the same time, I had become a member of a music fraternity for women called Sigma Alpha Iota, and I started okay. getting organ. I'm like more oriented into that part of college life, because people don't talk about a lot of the bands and um, musical mm. musical fraternities and sororities that are very very deeply represented in HBCU culture, especially. Okay. So. FAI is one of those where the black roses basically and now like from that time there were like maybe two or three HBCU chapters, now they're like fifteen. Oh, wow. So ours is no longer I've never upcoming. heard of that. Yeah, so it's it's historically they, they started our chapter in seventy nine and wow. it's been disbanded for about fifteen years, but we're still out here. And so mm-hmm. like now there are hundreds.
2: They're, they're Did like you play an 1, instrument?
1: 000, I think. So I'm Oh still wow. Singer. Yeah, I was, I was a, when I first got to Spelman, I was a vocal performance major. And then that's oh. the way I end up, ended up spending time in abroad because my vocal cords just basically shut down on me like second semester of freshman year. And I had these nodules in my vocal cords and I couldn't pursue it anymore. So I switched to English because oh, I found God. out, yeah, I found out that they did the most study abroad opportunities for people. Mm. And i was like i gotta get out of here it's been stressful i don't know like about all Mm -hmm. of this atlanta stuff and i ended up going to london and at first i was going to go for a semester and then i was going to go to south africa for a semester but once i got there i knew i was like i need more time here and we're going to talk about that in a minute and so i ended up staying a year in london when i got back, i had already set up internships in new york city so I didn't really go back to DC at all for the mm-hmm. summer. I ended up going to live in New York, New Jersey, with my aunt, and work mm-hmm. in New York and just commute from there. So I worked in television and in magazines and stuff. When I got back, I got an internship with uh, VH1, and so I spent a semester actually doing co curricular credit mm-hmm. for Spellman through working at VH1. And so That's I didn't like come the back. Dream
0: hustle. Yeah. I what? didn't come back
1: <laughs> to Spelman until it was almost time to graduate. And I spent my last, my senior year, spring semester on campus. And I graduated on time. And by the skin of my teeth, I graduated on time. I didn't even care about GPA at that point. Uh, like, cause at, there was a Round point. applause
0: for college, <laughs> you, because that's a lot. <laughs> okay. it was a
1: lot, but it, it started the tra- trajectory. Like just being able to do that in college with, yes no money that also like
0: like, think about the life experience that you have from like 17 to 22 you figuring it out you know what i mean yeah i mean granted there are some people unfortunately who have to mature a lot sooner so have the experience of doing a lot of things but just in terms of just like paperwork how much paperwork you filling out in high school other than your name, the date and the class that you win and whatever test you're taking or whatever? You know what I mean? I just feel like there are so many things that go into picking up programs like that. Just doing the research, having the yeah. the wherewithal as a young adult to follow up with things yep. like that. And not everything was digital like it is now. Nothing a lot was digital. Of, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like you got to open up. A pamphlet you have to go to whatever student center and whatever location has this information and then put yourself in these spaces
1: this was the beginnings of the internet Mm. this was the first trip I took I'm trying to think did I even have a laptop and I don't think I did I think I was in yeah I was in computer lab I, I don't know if I had my first, in fact, I think my first cell phone ever was in London and it was a prepaid cell phone. And my friends were jealous because they didn't have that technology yet. Like we were still on pager life. Like this was, <laughs> I graduated in 2001. And so that's what I was going to say. Right after all that preparation, 9-11 happened. Wow. So I could not go back my to New God. York.
0: I could not go back to New York
1: at that time.
0: Wait, so were you still doing the um, the internships at that point I, Like you I, were supposed I to had, come back?
1: I was supposed to come back to get hired at VH1. And I could not come back at the time because it was too much going on. They would have hired me, but there was no remote work back then. I would have had to be in New York. Mind you, they were paying peanuts. So I'm entry level first of all, in New York.
0: But you had a There's job no way. at VH1 in the yeah, 90s, they, in yeah. the early 2000s. Like, yeah, for those of y'all that don't know, yeah. VH1 was the shit. Different. It was VH1, <laughs> it was MTV. BZ yeah. wasn't even like, mm, VH1, MTV, and then like the music box, but like the box was a little bit different, but it was VH1 box, yeah. and MTV, y'all. Like, yeah. that was like, the music game, like that was it. Like I, wow. So what did you do? What was the pivot?
1: I went to LA and I told you I sing. And in my 21 year old mind, I said, well, shoot, if I can't go to New York, I'm gonna go to LA, you know, and figure it out. And so I found a school that had an audio engineering program and a film production program in North Hollywood. And they had housing um but you had to figure it out (laughs) once you got there they'll give you some time Mm -hmm. but you got to figure that financial aid out ended up living with some ministers and going to this school one of the ministers was a employee there he helped they him and his wife helped young black women who were coming to LA and didn't have anywhere to go I ended up being in an apartment in North Hollywood with like Two teenage girls, three, two other adult women, and myself in a room on bunk beds. While I worked at this place, they took they took care of my tuition if I if I worked there, and then I didn't have no other money though, and so these ministers were like, would just sing on my praise and worship team. Check
0: <laughs> <Jack. Okay. laughs>
1: can and do. It's so crazy because like low-key, like the um, it's so funny. I I don't know if I can name drop, but. I'll say celebrities, celebrities were members of this little
0: church, Mm
1: -hmm. okay? Um, And so I was rubbing elbows with these people in Hollywood with no money, okay? And then eventually I realized, no, I got to get out of here. and I have a whole college degree. Let me at Mm -hmm. least go to start pimping or something. And that turned into finding out that this was the beginning of the whole um, boom of search engines. And so then I found a job with a company that had a search engine that was a startup, um, and they were looking for people to start looking at their search engine optimization. That was the beginning of search engine optimization, and I got hired to be one of their editors, their listings editors. And so I transitioned into tech um, and worked at the search engine that was acquired by Yahoo. While was it like Gatsby's? It was called no. That was a competitor. This one was called Overture. Yeah. So this okay. was when all of them were starting. So this was the dot com boom. Mm-hmm. And so I got in there, and I ended up being there for a couple of years. But during the, they were transitioning into becoming Yahoo. Um, I didn't understand what was going on. Had I known what was going on at the time, I would have stayed my black belt right there. Okay. Damn. But I, they were only paying about thirty five thousand. In L.A. So I was like, hmm, I don't even have a car yet. Like, I'm right. still broke, you know, and trying to figure that out with nobody even understanding what I'm doing. Like, my family is on the East Coast, never been to L.A. Nobody's around me except other 21-year-old, 22, 23. All of us trying to figure it out. Some of us have trust funds. Some of us don't. I don't. Right. So I'm navigating being a young adult for the first time in a whole foreign place. LA, okay, right. not the East Coast, and so eventually, you know, I decided, okay, let me just ride this wave and see what happens, got another job, but it wasn't the same, kind of segued into the, I need to go home for a minute and figure out what I'm doing, so I went back to the East Coast, but I didn't go to DC, I mean, I went to DC, great, like, really, really quickly, but I didn't want to stay with my family. It was like, no, nah, I didn't want I don't really want to be here. Mm-hmm. So ended up, that's what kind of started me hopping from locations to live and work and then say, do I like it here? Yes or no? What do I like? What I don't like? Over the last, I would say, 20 years, I have probably lived in maybe 10 cities, maybe 10, mm-hmm. um, all over the country. Um, I've gotten, gotten a master's degree, i am almost finished my data science certification but a lot of the time I was actually a dancer Wow and Yeah, so I spent 10 years as a dancer and danced all over the East Coast and just worked and lived somewhere for a couple of years and said, oh, time to go let me go, never had kids Um. so just did what I did and had fun, made a lot of money, kept it moving. And who did you dance with? No, I was an exotic dancer.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Girl, I used to bartend at a strip club. Gang, gang. Yeah, so,
1: so Black China is who I used to dance with. Um, okay. <laughs> you know, i have definitely, um, that's a whole book, you know, from mm-hmm. Maine to Miami um because i was about to ask the next
0: class that was the next go ahead finish i got my question
1: no go ahead and ask me anything because i feel like it'll help me figure out what i need to share and what i don't need to share
0: okay so i've only bartended in um new york and it was a strip club i think i was there for like seven years five years where can you say it? i was at they closed it down i used to be at taste of honey is in Long
1: okay, Island.
0: I've never heard of that one. Okay. All right. So, um, tiny little spot. I want to say it was either the first or the only for a black owned strip club in Long Island. Nice. Okay. Or was it New York? I don't know. It might have been just Long Island. I don't know. But they was blacks. They, history. They had been there for a while. Like they were there years before I was ever there. It was my cousin's club. Okay. So, oh, okay. what, pray tell, what region? Because every all strip clubs ain't the same. And I will say, boyfriend and I learned our lesson the hard way. We fucked up and went to the strip club in Montreal, or was it Toronto? I think it was Toronto. And where we messed up was, we are expecting American strip club um, culture. Canada don't have no singles. Canada, the smallest denomination of paper money is a five. So just the way that the strip club operates is very different. And that's one thing, like, you expect, like, regionally things to be different, right? New York from the South, Midwest, West Coast. You can anticipate some differences, but I don't know why I just assumed that Canada would be the same as just American strip clubs, but definitely wasn't the case. Learned that lesson. But I will say... I can't say that. I might want to, because I'm trying to think of like where my favorite strip clubs would be. Hmm. And so I've only been to strip clubs in New Orleans, New York. I feel like mm-hmm. Atlanta. Have I been to? Yep, we went to. Um, I think we went to Magic. Did we? No, we didn't go to Magic City. Where did, me- did he <laughs> and I go? I don't know, because I've been to a ton of them in New York. So we did New York. We did New Orleans. Damn, has that been it? (laughs) I'm feeling personally a little disappointed in myself, but I can say that they are different in different states. Even in New York, different areas do things completely different. Where would you say the easiest and then the most difficult regions to work have been in your experience?
1: So before I answer anything, what level of PG thirteen ish are? Here's your disclaimer: if your
0: kids is in the room, turn it off. Say this for yeah, yourself. Yeah, turn that Boom, off. Go.
1: Cause, thank you. Okay. Please. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And disclaimer, this may be, this may be true. This may not be true. This is all for entertainment purposes only.
0: But allegedly. You, a lot of allegedly. Allegedly, <laughs> allegedly.
1: Everything's alleged. So I'm going into character now. Okay. Character. Same. All right. Action. And action. Right. Yes. Um, so I loved Providence, Rhode Island. Probably huh. the best out of anywhere I worked. Um, because people don't even I like I like places Jacksonville Jack little love, Jacksonville, Florida, Providence, mm-hmm. Rhode Island, the the Carol North Carolina, North Carolina in general. Um my home where I like began was Virginia, the okay. Hampton Roads. Um that's why I don't live out there. <laughs> 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 Can't do it. you shit um, where you eat. I get it. Can't do it. Can't do it. Too much family out there. They all know, but that's ancient history. This is over 10 years ago. So um, for me, though, um, first of all, I'll say I didn't start dancing like a lot of girls start dancing when they're in college and all that stuff. I never did any of that. I didn't start dancing, dancing until I was about 25, going to 26 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I danced for 10 years. So I was always older. a lot of the girls I danced with so it made it easier for me Mm -hmm. because I wasn't coming in and some boss bitch coming like oh this is my club and blah blah
0: all of that energy was out you was over that that.
1: energy it was still there I still Mm -hmm. had to respect the gangsters when I first got there but they were also not as experienced life life life-wise as I was like I said I've been to college traveled abroad I, you know what I mean like Mm -hmm worked for BH1 like you know like it's with so much you can really tell me because I'm already trumped up like
0: right.
1: suited and booted to come in here and the only reason why I'm here is because I'm in the country now and I'm not in New York, I'm not in LA, I'm not in Atlanta and nor will really I
0: ever industry in those I'm not in it I'm not nobody not nobody that went to college with me is
1: going to come into this club mm-hmm. bottom line they're not coming um so having said that when I was in those smaller towns, I was able to really, like, be in character of Mm -hmm. exotic dancer. And because I had the performing arts background, I always had the technique. I had the athletic background. I always had the stamina. And I had the intellectual background to be able to hustle verbally a lot more than a lot of the women I worked with. Mm -hmm. So, the only thing that was a real um, challenge was racism. Because Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't know and understand, but Anything that has to do with, uh, I would say, uh, sex positivity mm-hmm. is going to also have a lot of racism around it. Because that whole industry is completely segregated into racial types and stereotypes and political types of stuff, politics. Then you also have to think about what are the laws in these places? So when I was in mm-hmm. Florida... Those laws were very, very weird and very much. You could be at work, at a club, at four o'clock in the afternoon, sitting there in a bikini, not even dancing for anybody, and all of the boys come in and raid the place and say, they have you on camera doing some illegal activity because lap dancing was illegal in that city or in that part of town or whatever it is. Mm. And you need to go to court and say, plead no contest in order to... Neither plead guilty or not guilty and pay the fine because it was a tax.
2: So even if you're just sitting there, you're from another place, you've never been there not one day. If you're in there during that raid, you're guilty. Okay. <laughs> it's all kinds of things because the thing that people don't really understand is what is behind the scenes with all of these clubs. My least favorite place to dance, even though it was extremely prosperous for a lot of people, Miami. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Because they bait you in and they even, I don't know about to this day, but I know back in the day, they would bait you in and they would try to get as much money out of you as possible while you're working to a point where you would need that club. Also known as pimping, but -hmm. it was a different kind of pimping that people don't know about because they don't really care because all they see is you got your body work done, you are top of the line physically and we're throwing a whole lot of money at you they don't know that as every hour progresses in a club first of all they're starting at you got to pay 50 dollars to dance there at mm-hmm. five six tip o'clock them. party's not gonna start until one o'clock in the morning the girls that come in after midnight they're paying 125 dollars, but they're more than likely going to make about a band about a thousand dollars on that stage because they are known You're not known, you're taking, you're gambling, going into the club. So the last year of my career was in Miami, but I was also studying while I was there. So my whole hustle, my whole adult life was, let me get some education while I'm dancing. Let me go somewhere and see what the life is like as a dancer, but also see if I can get some education along the way. And then it just transitioned more into the education piece again as an adult. And figuring out what it exactly I'm here to do. Which which got me into the spirituality piece. Because mm-hmm. there was a lot of shadow work I had to do. A lot. Because I'm integrating all of these energies. I'm around all these people. I'm butt naked in front of most of them. Mm-hmm. So I'm exposing myself on a whole nother level than I ever had to in my life. Nobody fucks with me. Because I became a stripper. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But also, I'm not going to fuck with people. Because I'm a stripper. And we're in this part of this life where you have to be mindful of what kind of energy you bring around people you care about.
0: Yeah. And I wasn't
2: about to bring all of that around nobody that I went to school with, that I knew I wanted Black excellence for all my community, you know? So I had to shut down the Spelman stuff. I had to shut down the hometown, I'm your homegirl stuff, to a point where there was a time in my life after stripping, I had to learn how to relate to people I dated, I had to learn how to relate to men again, women. I had to learn how to relate to children. Like I had to really yeah. like I had to heal and also like reprogram myself. You know, and so that's where I became the coach. I started to have to coach myself and then I said, "You know what? During the pandemic m- mainly, that's when my intuitive life coaching really started up because we were all I couldn't be anywhere working, so I had to figure out what remotely can I do to continue to hustle. What I started on OnlyFans because I refuse at this point. I'm not I, that part of my life is done. The most I'm gonna do is some some dance classes. So I started teaching twerk classes. You know, and a mm-hmm. lot of girls will come. And so then the education sex education piece came in. Like, okay, all right, people want to ask questions. Get some answers, and so I would say it brought me up to who I am today at 44. You know, I still travel, I travel more now. I'm very, very active in my Spelman community. I actually am one of the moderators for a sex education group with almost nice. a thousand right. members of my alumni community that a lot of people don't even know exists. Um, will not name you, <laughs> you, ain't <gonna> name you. <laughs> um, but also, you know, I integrated. I studied Chinese medicine for quite some time, acupuncture okay, and Chinese okay. medicine. So that was a big piece of my healing journey. And so now I integrate Qigong into twerking. And so now we have this whole experience that kind of allows for women um, and men, you know, to come into a space where they can heal while they're shaking off whatever kind of energy they need to shake off. And um, then I also had the Mayan astrology piece That for me, it just makes the most sense, Um, even more so to me than Western astrology. To me, Western astrology is very complex. This is very simple. It'll just give you an understanding of who you are and what kind of challenges you probably come up against and what it means in relation to other people. And then rinse and repeat. And Mm -hmm. it's very unique. So that's why I really like it. I like unique stuff. Um, but also it's just, I have seen how using intuition and that system and just listening to somebody tell me about themselves and just picking up their energy, you know, because I'm very susceptible to other people's energy now at this point. Um, all of it comes together to create a dance, uh, choreo, help them choreograph their lives, you know, um, and so it all just kind of comes together and I'm still working on the branding. You know, I have a coach for that now. I have a day job. Uh, <laughs> three jobs. Let me just say that. I have like three jobs right now. Um, but I'm trying to get back into just working with people and help them to kind of dance through life kind of how I have and just integrate it all, you know, just integrate it all. It, it, it doesn't really matter what city I'm in. I'm going to be there, you know, and right, now, right. you know, I kind of, like I said, because I spent so much time being like the centerpiece of somebody's celebration, you know what I mean? I kind of walk through life like that. I just do. So that's I a like long that. answer. No, that was a <laughs> that
0: was perfect, perfect answer. <laughs> can you just turn you your turn volume your down, down a, little a, little a little for me? Because I can, that hear that me can, can hear me. me okay, is that okay, better? Much better. Okay. Um, uh, oh wait, can maybe try wait, one? Maybe iPhone. let me
2: see if my earpieces like earpods work. No. Okay. Okay,
0: I'm gonna. Wait, you got to connect first. One, two, one, two. Testing, one, two. Okay, and I don't testing think I can. One, oh, yep, yep, Wait, no, I still hear me Hold on. on your end. Hold on one second. Uh-huh.
2: All right, testing, one,
0: two. What Not if better? I can hear? Yes, much can better. I don't hear me right. anymore. 30, okay, so that's 33, okay. uh, 34, 26 Okay, so question. Why yes. Rhode Island and why Jacksonville? What about those areas did you like? Was it the people? Was it the club culture? Was it the the way uh, the laws work in the area? Or was it just like you like those cities better?
2: Okay. So with Providence and Jacksonville, that was during the time of an engagement, marriage, and divorce. Oh, wow. Uh, for both places. Yeah, my ex, his family was from Jacksonville. And we kind of moved in together there, fell in mm-hmm. love. Um and can you hear me? I see like, it's not Mm -hmm. really picking up everything. Okay. I hear you. Um, And then, and so it made it easier for me to be a dancer because that's when I started integrating um, security, like on a, on a, like a high scale. And in Jacksonville, I was able to work at a pole studio for the first time. um, Because prior to that, I had a, agent that would get me private parties in mm-hmm. Virginia. Um and then through Maryland and DC and all that stuff. And then we moved to well no, I, I think I met him actually in Jacksonville. He lived in Mexico and he was doing all this stuff online. He said he had about a hundred websites that people hit up looking for strippers and looking for party like pole instructors. And I was a poll instructor mm-hmm. at the time at a studio in Jacksonville. In Atlantic Beach. And so because of that. He hit up the owner of the club. I mean of the mm-hmm. studio. Asking for if they had anybody that would go out. And do these things. And then me and him linked up. Next thing I know. Wherever I was. He would say okay I have this party. Can you do it? This party. And it will always be great money. And okay. so um, I always needed somebody on my end though. To come for security. So my ex. Right. He would come with me. And um, it was fun. It was great, you know, and I felt very empowered because I also worked in clubs. And in Jacksonville, Mm -hmm. they had about 20 strip clubs. Mm -hmm. So I could be at a different club every day if I wanted to. You know, Um, in Providence, it was the same. It was about 20. But the difference was it was mainly Latinas and white girls. And then they didn't have any of that Southern culture. They did not know how to twerk. Mm -hmm. They didn't know none of that. And in fact, the club I ended up at for the most amount of time, um, the Foxy Lady, it had been there almost 35 years when I got there. They had this thing called Legs and Eggs on Friday mornings at 6 a.m. So I'd be in the strip club at 6 o'clock
0: in the morning on Fridays. They have a breakfast buffet. Um, (laughs) That's one thing about New York strip clubs that was always so fucking disappointing is we ain't got no damn food oh yeah and it's just not a food culture there are there is no kitchen culture new york does not have a kitchen culture with their strip clubs that's so funny and it was quite the disappointment especially as someone that motherfucking worked there okay suck up all this alcohol and i gotta order wings from up the block it was good (laughs) but i had to get them but please continue
2: no we had a full we had a full uh kitchen and then like Providence in general, though, is dope because a lot of people don't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say now because this was over ten years ago, but back then it was like the playground of the north, uh, the northeast of the of New England. And you know, Tom Brady was popping like the whole Patriots, Pakistan, okay, and yeah. Cats Nation was happening. It was a big deal. Um, I have a lot of family based there, so I was able to be there when my niece was born. You know, my ex, he was from, he was from um, Massachusetts, so we ended up getting divorced in Boston. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, it was just, it just was a great place for me to kind of get back into being single, being in that industry, uh, also working on my fitness, figuring out what I, what I wanted to do moving forward. I knew I didn't want to stay there, but I was able to like bond with my sister You know, it was, it was just, it was a good time in my life to be there. It was the last couple of years of my dad being alive and he lived Mm -hmm. there. So I was able to spend like, not the last year of his life because he was convalescing, but the Mm -hmm. two before that I was able to spend in Providence. So that, that was good, you know, and that's what I would say about being able to kind of be flexible with where you live and kind of, you know, bend it around and maneuver it. make it work for you. Yeah, Absolutely. So, yeah, and, you know, and Florida is just beautiful, you know, and so the only issue was the people, some of the, they have like real rednecks in Florida Mm -hmm. and I learned that and I would say even in like Miami and I thought not being in Jacksonville and and Miami would be real different. It wasn't. Um, Hmm. It was a lot going on in Miami that wasn't necessarily going on in Jacksonville. But it was very unique to Miami and like, it's not my favorite place. You know, like I don't, I would say, I think Miami's a trap. Okay. And I'm not going to say that for everybody, but that's one of my least favorite places to travel to. Okay. Because it just feels like once I get there, if I try to do the South Beach thing or anything that's touristy, it's a tourist trap. And they don't care what happens to you when you get there. They really don't. They just want as much money as possible from you.
0: So do you mean that in this sense of like um, customer appreciation, customer service, just like talking and engaging with people and making sure that the people that are patronizing your business are taken care of while they're there? Is that what you mean? Or is it just like lackluster service once you spend your money for something?
2: It's not even about the service. Mm-hmm. It's about it's about they will get you all the way bent. Like you're out of your mind drunk. Some hustlers will be in the building waiting for you to get to a certain point of sobriety or lack thereof to sell you some pivots. Okay. Another person's gonna be around to try to get you to go home with them. It's Another a very predatory environment. It's you're very saying. Pred- it's got you. Got
0: you. And the versus, places and the establishments know this and don't necessarily do anything. They play to into it. Protect.
2: They copy. play into it. Copy. Okay. Versus up north to me, not necessarily New York. I ain't gonna speak on New York because all <laughs> of that happens in New York City, baby. Um, but Providence, it's a lot more like we're happy you're here. We want to impress you. We mm. want you to keep coming back. Okay. Miami doesn't care if you ever come back. They actually, like, you can die here. You know, it's kind of like that same mm-hmm. Vegas energy. You know, what happens mm-hmm. in Vegas states? Like, Miami and Vegas are very Urge. similar in that sense. So, yeah, I don't... I've never... That's why I never danced in Vegas. Miami, I danced for a little while. Um, wasn't... It wasn't the best idea. Because it's super, super, super body bend culture. And I have a natural body. And so it just was mm-hmm. a very different vibe but I learned a lot
0: got I it learned a lot so i yeah. think that's a perfect segue to cuz you had mentioned um the energies of people a lot so i want to uh shift to the woo woo okay. where did you get into astrology how did you get into astrology and one of the things that is particularly coming to mind right now i don't know if i am is it like not cartography but like, it's kind of like where somebody does your birth chart based and it's supposed to reference like where you would, I guess, thrive the best or know what, you're what talking about. locations are going to I be significant might, for you. you. I think you might've been,
2: I think you might've been right in calling it that. Let me look at it. Yeah. Let me go to the Google. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right though. Um,
0: because yeah. I feel like I heard it's, Fran it's like mention carto- it on the episode. It's like
2: cartography, cart cartology, something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Cool. Cool. Have you ex- have you had any experience with that? Like, what was your introduction to astrology? Um. So, I'm still looking
2: at the difference between cartography and cartology. Um. So no,
0: it's definitely like not it's one cartology. is the making of maps, right? Yeah. Cartology, cartology is going to be.
2: And then cartography, the science of drawing maps. Let me see astrology. Astrocartography. Ah, okay. Yeah. So that's based in the Western and Vedic. Um, And from what I understand, mine is close to like Puerto Rico and Cuba in all that area that's the area where you know I would thrive the most oh, cool! Along that area um but also there's another um teaching that shows you the energy of your birthday as it relates to numbers not numerology but the day mm-hmm. I was born was the 5th of the month and so when you look at the spelling of a place that has a energy as well an energy as well and so Chicago has the same energy as the fifth of the month. It's a five. So I'm in Chicago and I have been thriving ever since I got here. And it feels oh, wow. Like home. It always feels like home when I leave and come back, everything. It definitely feels like home. So that's the one I kind of have looked at, okay. but I know there's probably. Okay. I also feel like you can live in multiple places at once. Like you don't have mm-hmm. to just be everything I do is in Chicago. Absolutely not. Um, but my introduction was probably as a child i'm I'm a Virgo that had a Virgo mom and Virgo grandmother, oh, so that was always It was your mom's
0: mom that was a Virgo yeah a Mater- oh, oh, that's gotta mean something,
2: yeah, and you know i learned I learned what I learned from my mom and i learned she learned from her mom mm-hmm. but then i we also had fathers, so it's funny because my biological father was a Pisces. And I have a Pisces moon. And then my stepfather that raised me was a Scorpio, and I have a Scorpio rising. Oh. So a lot of people, I kind of present like very Scorpio energy sometimes. But a okay. Virgo. Um, Beyonce, she's the fourth, I'm the fifth. So it's like we celebrated our birthday together this year. Happy like, belated so.
0: birthday, Dan. Thank
2: you. So um,
0: <laughs> I love
2: birthdays. Yes, girl, like celebration. Um, Yeah, that was the introduction in regards to the Western. I've always kind of been hit with that, Um, Mm -hmm. but it got deep when I learned about Mayan astrology because I had never heard about that. I was actually training under uh, a witch online. Um, She was a black witch and I found her to be answering all the questions I ever had about life back in like but 2010, Mm
0: -hmm. you know,
2: and um, she had a YouTube channel and, you know, back then that was a big deal. So I was tuning in and then eventually she was like, I'm holding classes. I'm like, I'm Call
0: me now. Right. She's very,
2: (laughs) very much Miss Cleo. And I was like, tell me more. Because take my quarters. Take all these coins. Okay. I'm signing up and getting up at 6 a.m. to do whatever you say. Okay, that's how she had me. And um, she had this uh, video that was the five things you need to know about based on your birth, like the time you were born. The five things you need to know. And one was, okay, you need to know your Western astrology. One was um, you need to learn your Mayan galactic signature. And I was like, ooh, What's that? Mm-hmm. Right, I ain't never heard of. And that. then she named. She's just like, you need to know your tarot birth card pair. Um, you need to know your um. What she said, "What was it? The uh, number, your life path number."
0: Okay, I heard um, that one.
2: And then it was another one, and I don't remember right now exactly what it what it was. It might have been four. So I was into all of that. I said, "Tell me all the things that I need to know about myself." But the one that really over the years became something I got into was the Mayan Galactic Signature. Now, what is that? So glad you asked. (laughs) So basically, if you were to give me the date of your birth, I could go now, I could go into an app and put that in, and it would tell me what out of 260 possible um, results your Mayan galactic signature is. And so the first, middle, and last name of the signature all have significance. The first name is going to be one of four different colors, okay? Mm
0: -hmm. The
2: last name is going to be one of 20 different things, but each color has five different options, okay? So you can have, you know, white world bridger. Oh, wait, is this something
0: you know how to do? I'm a I'm a master of this. So, so is it okay now? Is this an extensive thing, or is it easier? Like, can you do your num your birthday or my birthday so that it makes sense? Because I'm you're already lost. Yes, me.
2: yeah, I okay. could. If you told me, we could do a demo right now, and I could break it down, break you down.
0: Okay, and so what do you need? My birthday.
2: Yeah, just give me your birthday. Eight
0: seven eighty five.
2: Okay, Leo. Leo. I love yes, y'all. ma'am i love y'all, be honest, like almost a month before mine. Okay.
0: Um,
2: yeah. All right. So, what I got from you from you giving me Wednesday August 7th and I'm also a Wednesday. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, I'm a Aquea or a I learned okay. that reading Homecoming and it means born on a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And then I actually met an Aquea. She pronounces it Aquea. I believe, and I always reading the book. I always pronounce it Akua, but she said either or is fine. But I
2: yes, like name. <laughs> okay. Born on a Wednesday,
0: so um, you are a yellow
2: overtone warrior, which is kin number K I N number ninety six, and so what that means is your consciousness is a yellow warrior. All right, okay, and. A yellow warrior, it, it sounds a lot like what it is, except when you think about a warrior, a lot of times the warrior is more the fearless one, okay? And a lot of times when you think about what makes you fearless is intelligence. Intelligence allows for you to understand things in a way that reduces fear, because a lot of ignorance is what, you know, mm-hmm. what drives fear. The action that you have to do in order to be fearless is question. You have to find the answers to questions. So an affirmation for you as a yellow warrior is I am the fearless warrior, the grace of divine intelligence. All right. So having said that, you're going to have four different aspects besides mm-hmm. your conscious self in this system Okay. Um, that matter. And so the first thing that I go to is that guide. All right. So I go here okay. north and yours is the yellow seed. All right. The yellow seed is about awareness, about flowering and targeting. So one thing that the way that God and the divine works through you and for Mm -hmm. you is by basically dropping seeds, planting seeds. This is like your divine purpose, your divine. Everything that happens, even these podcasts, you're dropping seeds, you're planting seeds.
0: Now, is this seeds. how I receive things, or is this how I interact with the world? Both. Is okay.
2: Both, both, but this is also how, mainly how you receive. But this is how God moves through you. Okay, see, you understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So it's through planting seeds, receiving plant. You might get a lot of downloads. You know, like and and get after like you get the nudging to plant the seed where you plant it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. And so that's big for you. The thing subconsciously that is called the occult. All right. Mm -hmm. So that just means your subconscious self, the way that it operates and it kind of like drives you is the red serpent. And what that is, is about survival instincts. It's about staying low to the ground. It's about your life force. You think Mm -hmm. about a serpent and how it has to digest and it digests an entire whole thing. And it takes Mm -hmm. its time. And in the meantime, it's still slithering and navigating and working through the, the earth. But it's also about that kundalini energy. So if things don't feel right, you can't do it. So combined with that awareness and that intellectual, that intelligence, not in- intellectual, but that intelligence, with that subconscious serpent, red serpent energy, like you kind of move and shift the way that you need to. Now, then you have two... I call them the, the angel and the devil, but it's mm-hmm. both good and bad angels. I say not really bad, but challenging the easy, easy and challenging. So the easy one mm-hmm. for you is called the analog and that is blue night. Okay. Blue night is about abundance, dream time and intuition. So in blue, the color of blue is about transformation. All right. Mm-hmm. Yellow is about ripening. Um, Anyway, um, the blue night is really easy for you. So this is something you can dream it up. Your intuition can manifest. Your manifestation is easy for you. It might not always feel like it is, but the results show. You can dream something and then within a week's time, you see it coming into fruition. Sometimes it'll be a big thing, but you're going to see it before the next year. Like you can project Like, that's why it's good for you to plan. Because if you put a plan together, no, that thing, that thing's going to happen. Good or bad, whatever happens along the way, no, that's going to happen, right? The thing that, that thing that is going to hold you up though, the thing that makes, (laughs) the thing that makes it life, the -hmm. thing that makes life, life is called the analog. And for you, it's the white world bridger energy. It's the thing you have to accept, Okay. Okay. And that is the <laughs> Oh man. Let me let me get here. Hold on, because I'm gonna have to break this down to you. White World Bridger, the power is death. The action is to equalize, and the essence is opportunity. Okay. And the affirmation is I surrender to opportunity. So because you have you have all this other stuff going on, you have all of this. I know what I know, what I know, and I want this to happen going on. Mm -hmm. But then you have these wild cards that come in. Okay. And these wild cards are the opportunities. So what you have to do is you have to regulate how to balance planning and being able to be available to the opportunity when it comes right then and there and knowing that you're prepared.
0: Mm.
2: Like knowing I'm ready. The opportunity is presenting itself. That means I'm ready to walk through this door. But I didn't. I didn't call for this. I didn't. I didn't plan for this. This isn't the way that I. This isn't the room I was leading into myself into. It's a, This is a different room. But when you get there, you realize all the spaces are there for exactly what you what you do and who you are and who you can be and embody. You know what I mean? What you can embody about yourself can completely shift that atmosphere. So it turns into what you show when you get there. And you're like, shit, if I never walked through that door and, you know, like, I wouldn't realize how much now I've expanded. And so your expansion, it's in world bridging. There's a a occult piece, there's a esoteric piece to that. And what that is, is recognizing that you see dead people bottom line interesting like whatever it is that you have connected with that side of yourself be it your ancestral world be it the lord and savior be it i don't know hakuna matata Mm -hmm. it could be whatever (laughs) it is okay understand that that means something it's not just imagination it's not just oh it's dream time only in my dreams my grandmother speaks to me no your grandmother probably just waiting for you to light a candle (laughs) you know and put put some rice and beans out like you know what I mean And some, you know my my grandmother loves Sanka I need to I need some hot Sanka in the morning if I want to sit here and commune with my grandmother like Ancestral veneration, like if you're Mm -hmm. open to that. A lot of people are not, and that's fine. But for me, learning about how to bridge worlds and how to navigate like what I'm manifesting and just get that wisdom that being a solo traveler, living in places by myself with nobody else around, I got to dig deep into what's already inside of me. And a lot of Mm -hmm. times it's those ancestors. It's that world we can't see. So that's why I love to tap into this you know, this kind of astrology because it allows for you to talk about those themes. So when you wrap you up, what I would say is then there's the tone, the middle name is Overtone, okay? And there are only 13 tones, okay? And yours is number five. And so the power there is to empower. The action is to command and the essence is radiance. And the key words are core purpose, central intent, foundation, place of centeredness, simplicity, acceptance of your human humanness. So that's your energy. and I think that makes sense in regards to what you're doing with your podcast and like even open it up for your anniversary and for your you know celebratory you know experience at this time is you're tapping into humanity. you're tapping into all of us and what we can bring to you, how we can build you know how your whole community can build from its own membership. That's all overtone number five energy, you know? And so bringing that all together, that's pretty much like what I can give you in regards to your Mayan galactic signature.
0: And all of that is just from your birthday? What if people, yep. I mean, this I ain't the only eighty five. So and is that for the same for all of us? All of you. That's interesting because I feel but, like. But. But
2: there are more of you that were not born on that day.
0: Mm -hmm. There are
2: 260 different ones and they go for 260 days. Like, for example, right now. today, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Today we are on blue electric night, which is kin number three. So we just started back up. Mm -hmm. This is why I'm offering readings because right now. You just turned whatever spoiler, she's
0: offering readings. We'll get more info on that in a second.
2: (laughs) So we're just starting back up a year and but it's not a year, it's nine months. So in this system, 260 days is nine months. And so you have during this time, you have a focal point for this year for yourself. Also, you and Bay, I put y'all two's dates together. You have your own specific signature of what you're here to do what your thing is what comes easy what comes not so easy but what your purpose is to Mm -hmm. to you know develop and master together you have the thing that like divinely guides you the thing that subconsciously supports you you have all those things so I can create you know a signature for whatever combination you have And right now, the reason why I'm offering, you know, my services is because we're starting a new year. We're also Mm -hmm. going into a new year right now, 2024. And so a lot of people who haven't had their birthday yet, unless you have your birthday from like two days ago to the end of the year, next year, we can talk about what that year is going to bring. We could talk about this last year if you want, ending it, Mm -hmm. what you need to focus on moving forward, all those things, so. I just love to work with people and to talk to, you know, speak to this space. There's a little more I could offer, but it's no need. You kind of get, you know what I mean? The gist.
0: Now, have you ever like combined different types of astrology? Cause I know you oh. mentioned that you had looked like, what does it look like to combine all those things? And I have a second, a follow-up question to that. I'm gonna let you answer that first.
2: So to, I mean, like, I think it's perfect to, to combine them because like, for example, for me, I'm a Virgo sun, but I'm very much a Scorpio rising, dealing with the Scorpio season right now, so all of my Scorpio is coming out. And -hmm. I'm a Pisces moon, and so that's always going to be moving and shaking, and the Pisces moon is why I'm so into the woo-woo, okay? Mm -hmm. But the Scorpio rising is why I'm all sexuality, pleasure Mm -hmm. positive, you know, sex positive, educator, you know. The Virgo is the one that keeps me Chill and knows mm-hmm. how to make me be centered and be at peace. And also, while wow, maintaining logic, the one that keeps right. me sane is the Virgo. Okay. And so, for you, like you knowing your rising and knowing your moon and knowing your different houses for different things, oh, you can learn so much about yourself. You know, all of them can work really well together. This mm-hmm. doesn't take anything from, you know, your, um, from your Leo, because I can see how you plant seeds, and you're a yellow warrior, are you kidding me?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Leo's a the ferocious like y'all are so forward And such leaders like you really like' like, and it's me, what's up? What it do boo? What are we doing now? You know, and I'm always in awe of y'all because I like to be in the background, but when the time comes. You know, I'll put it on you, but you know, with that music, with that singing, don't play with me. You know. Um, but for the most part I like to kind of be in the background and figure out okay, let me figure everybody out. You know. Right,
0: read the room first. Yeah. So the follow up question was with astrology, how has it, if it has, influenced any of your travel decisions? Like have you ever used um astrology to make a decision about where to go, or in terms of while you have been someplace, have you felt that the, I guess, astrological decisions, or have you felt more called to be uh, more in tune with how astrology would influence you to make different instruction uh, decisions or has a particular area in particular, um, not a particular, but like has an area call to you more so because of something that you've read in your astrology? Like how has astrology impacted your travels, whether while you're already there or in making a decision to go there per se?
2: Okay. Um, That's a great question. Um, I think it's more so the cycles of the moon, also Mm -hmm. the cycles of the planets that I would say has influenced my movements. I don't really travel during Mercury retrograde. I don't really purchase uh, big things. I don't make a lot of big decisions during those times. Mm -hmm. Um, I also look at the retrogrades to see what's going on, um, how I'm feeling, how it's affecting me and my relationships. Sometimes I will not proceed with something I thought I would do. Okay. Excuse me, but... Most of the time, honestly, it's really more about my intuition. Um, it's really, I, I follow my intuition so much. Like it's, I literally am very, cause I will say this, my, my antipode is the red serpent. So okay. the red serpent energy is very much about that instinct and being in tune with survival. And I've had to learn that and master mm-hmm. that. And so I really trust my gut. And so if I feel like now is the not, is the right time, it'll be like, bing, 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 bing. Nothing in my gut is like constricted. Yeah. I don't have no kind of like holds on me. Mm-hmm. I feel free as a bird. I'm ready to fly. And I'm also a blue lunar eagle. So if I don't feel like I can be fly as fuck, excuse me, but <laughs> if I don't feel like I can be fly as fuck going where I'm going, I don't go. Okay. I can only fly like, or I, I won't go. Um, mm. And so that's more so, did you buy your tickets during Mercury retrograde? Did you, you know what I mean? Did you check on a lunar and the lunar and solar eclipses during that time? Is it a full moon? Is it a new moon? You know, those kind of things. And those aren't always astrological, but okay. they're, co- they're in the cosmology. Gotcha. So I definitely have always taken
0: those things into consideration. Okay, absolutely. This has been so much fucking fun, nah. Rachel. Where can the people find you? Where can they get? And what kind of you do the Mayan astrology readings? It's an intuitive or is it reading, just a chart kind of. Like, what is it? It's- what exactly is it that you offer? And where can the people find said offering?
2: Okay, so if you go to Instagram, I'm there. It's Rachel the Fortune. And um, let me see if I have two e's or one. Rachel the Fortune. <laughs> uh, it's very much one e. <laughs> okay, Rachel. Rachel R A C H E L T H E Fortune F O R T U N E. That's really my middle name. So um, you can find me there. DM me. Follow me. Um, I haven't done very much mine astrology lately because I've been. Getting very centered in Chicago living, I've been here less than two years, so post pandemic, I needed to like mm. kind of shut shit down and kind of get planted, so it's starting back up now, and so if you hit me up there, we can talk about what you need um It's not just my astrology; I do a lot for people who are either transitioning um with their love lives, like divorces people who want to maybe open up their marriages, people who want to go into a different direction than they've ever gone. They come to me for some wisdom, some guidance. I am a trained um, coach as well. So I definitely ask those powerful questions. I definitely have a a safe space for you Mm -hmm. to come in and talk and kind of figure out where it is you're trying to go with your relationships. I do a lot of relationships counseling to tell you what that synergy looks like from a Mayan perspective, but also the Western astrology comes into play. Um, and then I love black people. So, you know, a lot of my folks are Spelman and Morehouse alums. A lot of them are HBCU, just grown black folks that are out here just trying to get it, how they live. I have a lot of high, like the the clientele that I have had. Mm -hmm. I don't share who they are ever. Right. And I can just kind of see and project where you're going and what a good idea is based on whatever the question is. I use a little tarot, not that much, but when I do pull out the cards, the cards are going to speak. You know, that's just because I'm tapped in, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm always in tune. I definitely have a gift to kind of shut my world out and just kind of focus in on who you are and what your energy is. Got a little medium stuff kind of going, you know, but it's not guided by your grandmama here and she said, "Right, why, why <laughs> you why, why ain't <laughs> drink that Kool-Aid? You know, like it's not, that it's not really like that. Mm-hmm. But if you need a little guidance, I have a lot of rough, like a lot of wisdom in a lot of places because my life has been very much different and strange and unusual. like. I'm thinking back. I'm thinking on how this is going to be like play the playback of this. We <laughs> been, like, it's almost like my confessions. I need to like call Usher, be like, can I get some <laughs> points on your like? I swear I done confessed everything on this. Well, on I this hope podcast. you had a good time with it. Of course. It's been great. I, I actually appreciate it. Um, I've never been on a podcast before. So, this is cool. Welcome.
0: Yeah. Welcome to the podcast where Rachel. (laughs) Rachel, thank you so, so much for joining me this week. Good folks, I will absolutely have Rachel's IG in the description box. So if you are compelled and called to reach out, please do. Um I will say to finish out this conversation that um that was you had me until the third one. And then you got me with the fourth one and it made more sense. (laughs) Okay. Because I forgot what the third one was. It was,
2: what's that Um, third thing? The analog, the thing that comes easy.
0: Yeah, Um, I don't see myself as a manifester at all. But then where you mm -hmm. got me back was when you said like planning it. It's because I don't plan shit. Like I don't do very well with planning. And I've realized- as I have matured that um, so many things would be so much better if I just planned them better. Um, so yeah, there's that. So, you know, figured I'd drop that right there for you guys, if you were uh, mm-hmm. on the fence or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so just do it that as you may. Uh, mm-hmm. But that has been my experience with uh, the short little reading. Um but I yeah, know. so I will definitely be running that back. And I always <laughs> see shit out the side of my eyes. I do still have an altar in my room. Okay. I have not. I take just it out your room. The plan that it out was over
2: room. there. Uh uh-uh, uh. Take it out your room. Okay. No. no. Mental, they though. ain't
0: trying to see you get busy. They
2: are not uh- trying to see
0: <laughs> that. Take it out your room. That's
2: too close. Uh-uh. I don't
0: got no place else to put it, though.
2: Okay, so there are traveling altars and this really? is I probably should create yeah but a traveling altar you can it's everything in a box basically okay and You whip that out and then just utilize it it's just it's not even that it's in your room it's that it's always in your room so if you can Copy. shut it down and remove them from your life and bring mm-hmm. them back when you want to that'll be a lot better for you Than just having it just there and that's it. No, use that from some other stuff and bring them out when you want to. Yeah.
0: Mental noting. So we're going to end that there and I'm going to clean my room, (laughs) y'all. I appreciate y'all for fucking with us this week. I'll see y'all next week. Bye, guys. Bye.